You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. It's Tuesday. It is February 21st. And, folks, the big news of the day is, in fact, that Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline, and how about our friend Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, broke the news that Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline is going to hang it up. He is uh, resigning from Congress. This is interesting. You know, this goes along the lines with both he and Nancy Pelosi, what I'd heard. They were just going through the motions. There's no fun. There's no interest in being there uh, to be the minority party. So Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline is leaving office, and he is taking a very interesting position. He is going to be working for the Rhode Island Foundation, which is the largest nonprofit in the state. Huge money. Now, the nonprofit has an endowment of over $1 billion. So as CEO, Congressman David Cicilline is going to receive a paycheck, nonprofit, of $650,000 a year. So don't worry about him. Now, he also recently opened a bar downtown. The way I view this, and there's a lot to talk about, and we're also going to talk about who is being tossed around, bantied about, that may replace him. But... Someone, um, let's just talk about Congressman Cicilline for a moment. Now, it was just two weeks ago that Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo made it, um, told Ted Nisi, went out of her way to say she has no interest in the Senate. So the, the person who would be up next would be if at some point, and we have no full indication of this, but if Senator Jack Reed announced that, in fact, he's not going to run for reelection. And I don't mean right away. He could still keep going. But that would be the first open Senate seat. Senator Whitehouse, he's going to be up for re-election in 24. But I, I, don't, I don't believe he's going to have a, a serious challenger. And, and, and if you're a Cicilline, you're not going to run against him. So it, it certainly sounds as though uh, Commerce Secretary Raimondo, that Gina and, and David Cicilline, who are very friendly, both lived on the east side of Providence, both— share a lot of the same donors they're very friendly that they, they would not run against each other um in in but obviously that coveted senate seat so now regardless what people think of him um the guy knows how to win elections he knew how to get elected to the state house he ran for mayor in 2002 he won he won ran for mayor in 2006 he was re-elected then I actually had him in studio when we learned that Patrick Kennedy was not going to seek re-election. Otherwise, he was going to run, run for uh, mayor again. So, and then he won. Uh, that was a tough election against John Laughlin, the city he had just gone through all the finances. But being that as it may, um, he was elected in 2010, and then he went on to win every election, 2012, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22. So the guy knows how to win elections. But this opens up who will replace Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline. Now, let's let's go back a little bit. Congressman Jim Langevin, how about this? In the span of uh, just a very short amount of time, that was last January, last February, when Congressman Langevin announced he wasn't going to seek re-election and open that up. Who were some of the people that stepped forward? You had Republican State Senator Jessica De La Cruz certainly looked at it announced and then three weeks in said you know what this isn't for me and instead um i believe it was you know they, they said listen we got a better idea why not be senate minority leader and 
because Dennis Algier is leaving. And then that way it, it cleared the way and, and Mayor Fung didn't, you know, have a primary. So now uh, you also look at the other people that stepped forward. Uh, some of the people that ran for that Langevin seat, I don't know if they're going to run maybe David Siegel, who lives in Providence, but he didn't run a very effective campaign. So now a number of people are mentioning some of the people that just, you know, didn't win. Nellie Gorbea didn't win in the primary. She lives in North Kingstown. Possible, possible, but it's, and I try to tell this, I've learned over the years in talking to people, it's very tough after you lose an election. It's very difficult. You have to go back to the same people and ask them to donate and give you money again. And it's not easy to do. The easiest way to get money if you're running in politics is to win. Every time you don't win, it gets harder to go back and ask, unless you can self-fund. Now, Helena Folks, she lives in Narragansett. She beat Dan McKee on primary day. Governor McKee beat Helena Bonanno Folks by 3,000 votes. So now, a couple things about that. She, she did run CVS, which is in the first district, right? Congressional District 1. So certainly spent a lot of time in Woonsocket in the northern part of the state. Helena, folks, as much as she, several things about her, she also, she lives in Narragansett, that's CD2, so she doesn't live there. However, her family, the Bonanno family, is very prominent on Providence's east side. Her dad, who I know, Bernie Bonanno, very prominent on the east side. She got to know Gina Raimondo and David Cicilline, and they, they have deep roots on Providence east side, which falls under Congressional District 1. So at first blush, someone might say, you know, maybe she, and, and also she, she did have Nancy Pelosi come in and campaign for her. So I wouldn't look at it as her roots are Narragansett. She may live there, but she has plenty of money. She could self-fund. She's already made a name for herself. She got a lot of support. She ran a very good campaign. She beat Governor McKee. So she that's an interesting choice and i think it comes down to if helena bonanno folks considers herself a ceo or someone who could do legislation now it could be both ways and i don't i only she can answer that question gina Ramundo said nope i like being the ceo helena folks helena bonanno folks she ran for governor she has experience as a ceo she would be a force if she decided that she had the temperament and wanted to do it. Now, she could, maybe she said, I'm going to stay living in Narragansett. Or maybe she moves into, she could move back to the east side of Providence for a period of time. She may even still have property and have a house on the east side of Providence, for all we know. Um, I don't know where she lived when she was running CVS in Woonsocket. Newport is in the first district. So maybe she says, I'm going to live in Newport. Um, or I, I would think the logical choice would be to move back to the, the east side, uh, where essentially I believe she grew up, and they have deep roots and a lot of friends around there. So Helena Bonanno, folks, is certainly a name in the city of Providence. I think if she ran, she would also have support from Gina Raimondo and David Cicilline, who are also very influential on the east side of Providence, although neither one of them endorsed her, neither one of them endorsed her for governor, even though Gina Raimondo certainly got behind Mayor Brett Smiley. 
So, but let's stay on some of the people who could run. Someone that you can't rule out, I believe, is the Maryland socket, Lisa Baldelli Hunt. Now, I don't, I don't know what her plans are. She obviously, you know, had a somewhat of a interesting fall where she was uh, um, removed from office, but then reelected back into office. She was strongly considered to be lieutenant governor for Dan McKee. Um, <clears throat> that would be a decision that that she would have to make. Maybe she wants to see how this shakes out a little bit. How many people could jump in now? The the campaign, the way I understand it, is going to take place over the summer, and then the election will be in September. So, this is a situation. If if you hold elective office, you can hold on to that office and then just say you're going to spend your summer campaigning. This is really a free shot for a lot of people in office because they don't have to resign. Such as, just as an example, the the uh, general treasurer James Diosa, he has a four year term. He could run for office. He could run for that seat if he wanted to. Now another name, two other names that I don't think you can ignore. One is Clay Pell. Has the Pell money. Obviously didn't do well uh, for governor, but. And finished third. However, he does live, I believe, on the east side, or and also has a place in Newport. I again, I, I I didn't know what to make of that campaign with the losing the Prius, but the Pell name, we'll see. That could be tested whether or not that goes anywhere. Someone else, another name to consider. I know the the mayor of Central Falls is already throwing her name out. Money is going to be a factor. The ability to organize quickly. Uh, it, I think it's got to be someone that's got some uh, roots, some base of votes in CD1. So, and and again, what do you, what do you, let's let's talk about it. What's going to decide? What's going to decide that? It's 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 going to be the same. It's going to be Providence, Pawtucket, Central Falls. Now, obviously, you have Newport, you have Winsocket, but Cicilline made sure he's got a big bulk of Providence. So it favors a Providence candidate. Someone else that I don't think you can ignore, I would never support a vote for, but is that Aaron Ruggenberg. Former, former rep, lives in Providence. I even see on social media he rides around on a bike. You can't get more progressive than him. David Siegel with the original progressives before. Maybe Matt Brown throws his name, his name into the ring. Um, or some of that progressive collaborative uh, crowd. But the um, Aaron Ruckenberg, the only reason he lost in lieutenant governor race 2018 to Dan McKee, the only reason is McKee kind of rode on the coattails of Gina Raimondo. Remember, Ruckenberg only lost by 1,500 votes in that Democrat primary to Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. And, and you wonder, you know, outside of certain some of the areas— um, that maybe voted for McKee in in CD one he would which is I still believe it's the most Democrat congressional district I think Ruggenberg if he chose to could be a formidable candidate for that seat simply because he's run in Providence he's won in Providence and he almost has been like biding his time waiting for the right seat it's going to be a relatively short campaign season with uh, Congressman Cicilline is going to stay until, I believe, the end of May. And then the election will then, I believe it's going to happen in September. It's all just, but again, that is the big news. Congressman David Cicilline is leaving, opens up his congressional seat 
in CD1. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. AtMed Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At AtMed Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atment urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atment urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 atwood avenue in johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich online at admedurgentcare.net folks you are listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online <clears throat> at our website dipetro.com joining us right now one of my siblings she is an independent columnist, opinion maker. It is Donna Perry. And DJ, I want to start off with, you obviously have worked in television. Uh, this whole Don Lemon situation, just so people understand what happened. Uh, Nikki Haley, and we are going to talk about Nikki Haley, but one of the things she mentioned in her announcement, I think to draw attention to the just the difference in age between her and President Trump, was she was saying that politicians mm-hmm. over the age of 75 should have some kind of cognitive test. And so they were discussing it at CNN. Again, I, I don't know if it would go anywhere, but I think it was really just to kind of illustrate and really point out for people the difference between, you know, she's, I believe, 51, and then you have President Biden is 80 and President Trump is 77. And uh, and as they're discussing it at CNN, Don Lemon starts saying, well, you know, she's not in her prime. No, you Google it. And he kept telling people to Google it. Women 20s and 30s are uh, are in their prime. So he was forced to take a day off. Then he's like prancing around on the beach in South Beach, hardly like uh, mm-hmm. upset about what he said. But I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Don Lemon, how CNN has handled it, and how you think this thing may play out going forward. Yes. Uh, and uh, a whole bunch of things bothered me about this whole episode. And great to be with you, John. First of all, um, just taking at what he was saying before we get into what I see is great hypocrisy here uh, by the network, by a lot of other women in television who claim they're feminists. I mean, I think up and down the line, you saw just a lot of stuff with this. First of all, for him to sit on a TV set like that, um, that is actually a very kind of old concept and a, uh, I would use the word an old trope that is an MSNBC type of word, but it really is. And it was believed in some ways it's attached to the idea that women in their twenties, thirties, and just dipping into the forties are, you know, are really still in their prime. Some of it used to go back to the notion of fertility. Um, But I think there's no mistaking um, it's an extraordinarily sexist remark, by the way. Yeah. Um, most of the liberal journalists, if it wasn't said by one of their own, would have said he's a misogynist and they would sure. have been chasing him if it was a Republican white male, by the way. 
Um, yep. So that's fine. Um, you know, he's a prominent black journalist. He's pr- very publicly gay. All of that. Yep. That's him. That's fine. But I do think there's a lot of hypocrisy in how this was handled. As I say, that is a very sexist remark. Women should just be cast aside after the 40s. Make no mistake about it. When a lot of that has been talked about in the past, it has a lot to do with superficial things, attractiveness of women, fading attractiveness, you know, fading desirability. I mean, I'm sorry. That is the connotation of that. So the fact that he actually sat there with two female anchors, and I will give a little credit to Poppy Harlow, who at least... who's in her 40s or something, it doesn't matter. And she tried to do a little pushback. I would say it was kind of weak. Caitlin Collins, who, you know, uh, is kind of their 29-year-old superstar, and she might have been starstruck by what he said and said nothing. So I just think, first of all, it showed an unbelievable arrogance. And the fact that he's sort of lecturing the two females, one of them who's near the point maybe of being irrelevant in his view, you know, she's in her forties or something, um, you know, go, go Google it. I mean, it's outrageous. And I, I just think that this, again, you also see John, I have talked about this before. There is a lot of hypocrisy in the feminist movement itself. Yes. Yep. Um, you know, where were the women standing up to say, Hey, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know, like that, that's an outrageous thing to say. So, but because he was attacking a female Republican woman. Yes, exactly. That's the point. He gets away with it. So I just have problems with it up and down all over the place. Uh, and go ahead. But that <laughs> you can see where I'm coming. I from do. This. You know, and it's funny, Donna Perry, because <clears throat> Don Lemon, to me, he has fully taken advantage of the fact that let's face it. I, I think we don't know, but I he's definitely one of the more prominent or only well-known person of color, openly gay anchor. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think he was exposed. The fact that he actually sat there and was trying to double down on it, like, hey, right. like, don't kill the messenger here. Google it. That is such a, like, I just think it totally shot. Not that he had a lot of credibility. This was the person that was backing Jesse Smollett. This is the first one. He, you know, he thrived. He came of age during the Trump era. He was on after Cuomo who's always attacking President Trump, always, you know, um, playing the race card. I, I had my own with him because I, I appeared on yeah, CNN right. a number of times. That's right. right. President you Trump, did. one of the last times he was trying to argue that, well, you know, and, and the topic I still remember was the sanctuary cities and the fact that they weren't going to enforce things and they were just going to decide who could vote and so forth. And, and, and I said, if the mayors in some of these large cities, well, it's Mayor Lords in Providence or was the mayor out in L.A., you, you can't just start deciding what laws you're going to enforce. You, you have to follow the law or change the laws. And he jumped on that and said, oh, my God, John, you don't understand how legislature and laws work. Oh, mayors right. don't craft laws. Now, I never said they craft the law. Right. I was saying if, if you feel strongly. Lobby get laws changed to fit but you can't just decide we're gonna you know follow these five laws but we're not gonna follow these five laws but of course i think he was exposed in poppy harlow i give her credit they were even trying to give him an out but then you wonder was it was it a staffer and then what i think makes it worse on her so it was taken off friday it was a huge thing yeah he called in on i guess they had a you know like a 
uh, chat or a meeting on Friday. He called into it. But the amount of money he has that everybody knows, he couldn't find a private pool in Miami. No, he has to go to the beach <laughs> with his boyfriend in South Beach prancing around. Yeah. It, it didn't seem like someone that was that upset. But here's my question. Does CNN, I mean, they, they didn't learn their lesson with Cuomo, but do, do they just do they just bring him back? He's, he's a bad fit in the morning. Um, I agree. I, I didn't think he was great at night, but I, I think it, Comes creates a big problem, and and I think he is someone who's fully taken advantage that he feels like I am untouchable because of I'm a person of color because I'm openly gay. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going yeah. anywhere. You know that. I know that, and therefore just really pushing the boundaries. Yeah, I, and I think um, as far with CNN with him, to me, he's very mediocre talent to begin with. Um, I, sometimes he's ignorant of a topic, but he's the worst. I, I just think he's a loose cannon. Yeah. And, and if just from the corporate side, they, they don't like that. You know, they don't like people that they're going to have to keep cleaning up their messes. Um, right. And then he can be very arrogant about what he's actually not well informed about. Um, yeah. But I think in this case, yeah, doubling down, lecturing them. I think Poppy Harlow was aghast that that he said that. And, um, you know, I mean, I think, and then that it's so in doubly insulting the, the men who've been caught in these kind of odd comments. And then they have this feeble excuse of, you know, all my best friends are women, you know, oh. John, that that's nothing but a reach. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's a re- ridiculous and further insulting thing to say. Um, so it doesn't matter. Okay. You're gay. You're not the only person prominent on television. So is, you know, Anderson Cooper, but right. I just think to, come out with that and again he i don't know he thought it was some backward way at first this is going to be by the way a running theme is this whole thing of who is picking on biden's age you know and we'll talk further on that like i think this is this old building issue so he might have thought he was throwing this out there i mean to say a woman of nikki haley's pedigree by the way she's been a governor she was the u.n ambassador to the united right. nations yeah um under trump um she's a mere 51 and i don't care if you're you know 61 yeah. or beyond the if, logic of it though. if you're accomplished you are you know uh, we're well, that's his source of news right that's you terrible. know all right so, folks quick break much yeah. more ahead donna perry right here on the john petro show Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508 508- 252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209.
We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, Son and Perry. DJ, let's talk about the Nikki Haley, Haley rollout. And I do want to hear your thoughts, but I want to go first. I, I think she's got problems. Um, maybe she plays in the South. The problem I see is when I saw, and again, maybe it's depending on the interview. The interview I saw was on the Today Show. Every question is about President Trump. Every question was, you know, you worked for him, you supported him, then you didn't support him. I think she's going to run into a problem because she doesn't just my she doesn't seem to have huge differences of what she thinks about things. And so I think so. In other words, why would you take like a rip off if you could have the real thing, meaning then you just vote for Trump? But she's trying to play the gender thing. She's trying to play the age thing. She is accomplished. Don't get me wrong. But I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the Nikki Haley rollout. Right. And and I would agree that I I don't think she is really in that a league when people are rolled out. Like I think she does not have the strongest communications ability or at least isn't displaying it. Um, So, you know, very separate from what we were just talking about. I I do think that she, you know, she's kind of a a candidate that they used to say kind of has like a thin, not a thin resume, but like, you know, like sort of that there's not a big, you know, where are you on, central issues. And I, I think until you can grab on and have that kind of an identity attached, like a Ron DeSantis, until you can build that, you know, she's almost like getting treated like a curiosity. She's, you know, a, a female Republican of a part Indian background. I think she's, I would say, and I felt this way, you know, she's reaching for this, John, but to me, she's a number two on the ticket. Yeah. Um, she kind of has the makings of that. A yep. lot of these people, they can, they won't accept that. That doesn't mean she couldn't uh, go, you know what I mean? Like she's young enough uh, speaking of what we were talking about. She's certainly young enough, but I think she's like a number two. However, let's, let's face it. A lot of these folks go in, I'm running for president, but she's looking to be a number two. I don't know like that, you know, she's in trying to be in the game, but I don't yeah. think she's strong, as you say, in these interviews you can't just be um, turning the page on Trump. What does that yeah. mean, really? Right. It's, you know, it's yeah. not a strong line. And he's going to be a factor in the whole yeah. woke thing. Now, Donna Perry, that said, and I agree with you, by the way, Newsmax, who was 100 percent Trump all the way down the line, they were already saying she's just she's actually running to be number two, like dismissing the candidacy. Yeah. So what let me ask you, though, what about her trying to make like really throw out the age thing? Um, and talking about anyone over the age of 75, some kind of cognitive test. I know Bernie Sanders clapped back at that today, yeah. saying that's outrageous and that's discrimination. Um, but it, it, it is kind of the elephant in the room when you're starting to, it's certainly in the re- elephant in the room with Biden, but when you start to look at President Trump, I, I just wonder that it may not be to me an issue that could get her elected, but it, it doesn't hurt her. And I think it actually does hurt the older candidates. Well, yeah. And I think I'm sure she, they have a lot of polling to show that that younger decade Americans. I mean, I think if you talk, they, you could talk to the most progressive uh, young person, John, they don't want Biden again. Right. So the democratic party, it is a problem. I'm like, I say, there's polling to show a lot of people who are in their twenties and thirties have said the country is being run by people that are too old. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just that simple. And and that comes yeah. through to pollsters and they do reflect that. So mm-hmm. I think she's actually, however sloppy, I actually think she's opening a very interesting conversation. And obviously mm-hmm. Bernie, who's 
creeping around 80. Um, Of course, he was saying, oh, that's absurd. And, you know, I I mean, there was a lot of hypocritical stuff said over the past few days. I mean, he's saying, oh, as a party, we're fighting against racism and homophobia. Well, then you want to say, well, then the Republicans could say they're fighting against media, you know, misogyny with Don Lemon's remarks. So they're all fighting all over the place. Um, I think you can't back down from the fact that it, it is not you know, and there are Democrats, John, they, some pollster will probably try to figure out and say, oh, you know, this could be a way to, you know, sort of solidify the senior vote or something like to say, oh, they're being mean to people who are older. Look, it, he, he can't handle the job now. Right. I, right. And I, it's not just age. No. He, he is uniquely uh, a person who is definitely cognitively struggling. So and, it, and it, it's an issue. Donna Perry, we, we also learned today Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who was very prominent appearance on Fox and Friends. And I say that yes. because you haven't seen President Trump on Fox and Friends. But um, he was on Staten Island and he's I, I mean, he's he's saying to New York police, come work in Florida. I have you back. What do you <laughs> what do you think of his? It sounds like he has set a timetable that if he's going to announce anything, it sure sounds like he's building towards that. But it's going to be in May. What do you think about him waiting um, and not, you know, people have been waiting, thinking almost he would jump in immediately. But we're at the end of February, coming into then March, April. What do you think about DeSantis on entry uh, right around May, sometime in May? You know, uh, and I think there's a bunch of things he's probably trying to achieve by this notable presence in this event in New York. Number one, John, is money. Um, You know, the New York, New York is still New York, you know, and uh, whether it's the Wall Street side of things, um, whether it's, you know, all the corporate, they are looking, they don't like what they see out of the Democratic Party. They don't, I don't think they have a lot of faith in Biden and his team. And there's a lot of, you know, they they make a lot of these mistakes. Um, And I I just think that he, at age, by the way, if you want to talk about age, I mean, this guy's, you know, age 44. I mean, this is Mm. a remarkably youthful guy. In a way, we haven't seen a presidential candidate like that right. in a very long time, by Good the way. Point. Yeah. You know, maybe Bill Clinton was yes. like 40 something. So there's always energy with that. I mean, he's got the fire. I think um, the, the thing of May could be again when they talk about a quarter and the money, you know, there, there is the fundraising quarters. Yep. Um, and so if they want to go in very strong, you figure summer through fall, you get at least two big quarters, John, and then the floodgates are open and like that. So I think there's a little bit of calculation there. I think they want to make an announcement when he might have X amount of money in the bank. Um, And so I think there's a little bit of, you know, New York fundraising certainly went along with this visit. But if I may, I I just think he, they're just running on all cylinders and I'm, I'm impressed with his team. Yeah. They're sophisticated. They package his message in a way that the Trump team, John, they just never did. It was all like, oh, it's in his head and he'll roll it all out. So, um, you know, he's a disciplined candidate. He's staying on message that these are the things I look for. Um, And I think it's notable. He took it. He's in Trump's hometown. Let's face it. Staten Island, whatever, Manhattan, that's all New York City area. Um, and you had all top Republicans in New York. They, they're coming around to DeSantis mm-hmm. and Lee Zeldin, you know, yes. introducing him. How about um, that? 
That was a big, good get. That was a big get. And, you know, Zeldin, give him his due. Like, he ran very competitively against uh, Kathy Hochul, who was, let's be honest, John, she would never be there except, you know, Andrew Cuomo imploded and everything. So she kind of inherits the, the seat. So, but I do think um, that DeSantis, this, he's on message. He continues with the remarks. He is, he's got his finger on the scale of this issue of crime. Yeah. You know, and, and people just so two things quickly on that. The regular longtime New Yorkers, they feel like a dent in their quality of life. Yeah. You know, years ago, you and I lived there at different times. You have adult children doing great. They're there. Look, people don't like a New York where they have to worry about walking around because, as right. we know, that's how you get around. I mean, you know, yeah. Um, it, and that's what makes it so great and so unique and so exhilarating and everything. And I also think people are resenting these policies that look, you know, soft on the criminal um, no bail. And then they sense that it's soft on the criminal and then like leaving, you know, law abiding people, you know, to the wolves on the street. So I can't argue with the success that Florida has been having. Yeah. Uh, Really kicked in during the pandemic. He is rolling uh, without question. He has has made that, you know, kind of like the California of the East, the place to go, the way that people would gravitate towards it. Uh, they cert- And certainly New York, and New Jersey. So I think he's going to be a formidable, uh, very formidable candidate. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John Petro Show. The Kui sit in. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, Donna Perry. Well, DJ, I, I'll go first on this. I thought that for, for whatever it was worth, that was a big move by the Biden team to get him on the plane and get him over in Ukraine. Sends, I think, a very strong message. I'm sure it took everything in them and him to get him to be able to do that. But it sends a very strong message to Russia and China that we are all in that this is a year later. They did not knock him out. I think that was, I thought it was big for President Zelensky. I think, uh, you know, ultimately it does showcase the president. He's trying to continue to nail down support with with NATO. Mm -hmm. So I, I know there are people saying it's too much money and how much longer, but listen, this is the aggression we're seeing from from China, the aggression from Russia. You see North Korea firing things off. Um, this is a time the United States, to me, has to be the leader in the world. And for what it's worth, and it was just a matter of being there on the ground, but that was a president that was there in a war zone. I, I agree, and I, I will say, and, and I am often very, very critical of them, but I, I agree that I think at this momentous time, it's hard to believe and terrible to believe that it's the one-year anniversary. Yeah. There is nothing bigger than the president of the United States is walking around with Zelensky and he's in the palace. And, and you're right, John, that nothing tops that. I also think that was a very strong way 
to say kind of finger in the eye to Putin. We're not going exactly. any anywhere, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do think that that was uh, very much, you know, communicated by this. So they knew that it would end up that way. And again, I think it just rises the stakes and says to Putin, you know, um, and, and by the way, let's be honest, this has been a terrible, tough slog. I mean, Russia, it seems no setback will change Putin's calculus, or at least that's, that's right. what it appears. Right. It's terrible. It's hard to believe mm-hmm. it's one year. But the, I don't think we have actually, I agree with people who say we really, John, have no other choice. No. You can't. You can't. First no. of all, you just can't back away now and let Putin no. take, take that country. Absolutely not. No. So and then he won't stop. And he won't stop. So. And this is what makes fights and and war, you know, difficult. But I do think I will buy, give Biden's team credit. They pulled it off flawlessly. It was quietly, you know, months in the making. Naturally, um, John, a little bit of followed your route, right? Because he had a fly. <laughs> he did, I thought of that. Yes, and 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 on top of that, um, you know, again. It's it's just so different him with all the leaders in NATO and he, and he had just left, you know, Ukraine. So I know there's some people on the right that don't understand it. Um, this is a battle that that Putin, by the way, uh, DJ, uh, Russian military and Russian military intelligence, they still somehow keep falling off buildings and jumping off balconies. Yeah. If uh. people really trace the number that he Boy, if you talk about giving the wrong answer in an important meeting, um, there's there's only but you just wonder with with this type of support, there's no way that Putin thought that the world, that NATO, the United States would rally around. NATO is very strong. And as I said, with the aggression that we're seeing from China and North Korea and, and Russia, that you have to have the world united. This is the right path. I give the people of Ukraine. This is really remarkable. They continue to have to fight. They just need the right weapons. Right. And I'll give him that. He he kind of had his Churchillian moment where he got yes. to say, Kiev stands, Ukraine That's right. still stands, democracy stands. Um, that 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 was a big moment for Biden. Now, Donna Perry, before we let you go, uh, I want your thoughts. This situation in Ohio, I think the, the governor, uh, DeWine, who prior to this had seemingly been a force and had won somewhat very easily but this to me is everything wrong with government many times whether it's a mayor or a governor or in this type of situation what they they really fail to understand or comprehend is it's it's not about parades it's not about raising taxes it's not about giving speeches ultimately (laughs) you're there to serve and protect the citizens and what has happened with this train derailment and what has been happening these poor people uh, i think officials in Ohio this is a wake-up call with you know they did they know that these types of chemicals were going through on the train and what's going on with the railroads well right I, I yeah. think it's just it is a, a perfect example of what a, what a disaster by these government officials in their response to what is just a horrible situation that has not ended yet for these people oh yeah and I mean this thing is far from ended it is very worrisome and i in the public you know in some ways you know uh federal you know type of trains that have cargo and all this stuff it just rattles through and and we all know we have kind of a very aging infrastructure and all this stuff but look that it it had this compound of you know vinyl chloride um and they're raising the alarm now and and you do have by the way this is a bipartisan 
sound of alarm. You have both, you know, he's a very um, partisan guy, Sherrod Brown, the big Democrat senator, with the new, I think, terrific Republican, J.D. Vance, have written a letter together, you know, um, and John, once again, the transportation secretary, uh, Buttigieg, is not hardly giving uh, a full-throated response and and it seems disjointed and the epa are they on the ground they're not on the ground and these people like john as you said what really public service in the end of the day is about is that this is people's lives are literally threatened and their health is definitely being threatened right um in that area east palestine i had was not familiar with but the, and they also feel that these cancer causing you know chemicals are, could be spreading throughout our larger regions of Ohio. So um, this is, to me, a mess. It's, it, you know, it's been quieter coverage, but this is a huge, huge mess. And it's, it's very frightening for these people who feel like, I, I can't live in my house. I mean, well, how are yeah. you going to help all this? I mean, we're talking about, I don't know how many, you know, this is just affecting a whole city, towns. Um, it is frightening and again i do you know the federal government and they kind of sometimes it proves john they are so big and bureaucratic it's like no one exactly knows who's in charge of this moment or who's supposed to be and you know and and who's tracing that these chemicals travel in the air a dioxine i mean and i don't know much more about it but it's it's very alarming um and i think there as you say the response Very inadequate response is very alarming. Good word. Folks, again, she is Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always, and we will talk to you again. You got it. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401 305 3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ice honey maple syrup beef fresh gum over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices plus hemp and cbd products natural skin care it's my health pop in and see marie 1099 menden road in cumberland there's things for your pets there's things for your children there's things for your health stay healthy at it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland again call marie 401-305-3585 diagonally across from davenport restaurant You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Now, again, the big news of the day, and it is a political bombshell, is Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline has announced he's going to be leaving office. Now, that also, there's other major news, by the way. I don't want you to, um, uh, I, I don't want to ignore the fact. I mean, that's that's huge news to us. But the other news, huge news of the day is what is going on overseas, what is happening in Poland, and also what happened with that Putin has announced that Russia suspends its participation in the Strategic Offensive Weapons Treaty. And the audience gave him a standing ovation. 
So what does that mean? Nothing good. Suspending its participation in the Strategic Offensive Weapons Treaty? Well, that means they are losing. They are losing, and that means that Putin is now saying, if I have to, now I think he's bluffing, but if I have to, they are willing to go to the mat and start to use nuclear weapons. Is it, is it really? Is he really talking about that? But I also want to get to, obviously, big news is Congressman David Cicilline has announced he will not be seeking, not only not seeking re-election, he's resigning. He's leaving his job. It was broken, also very significant, it was broken by the Boston Globe, not by the Providence Journal. Dan McGowan, who we talk to every Wednesday, he broke the news this morning. And by the way, it would seem that the Globe had a big um, head start on this news because they are filled with stories today. David Cicilline resigned from Congress to lead the Rhode Island Foundation. He's going to be paid $650,000 a year to lead the Rhode Island Foundation. Uh, which has an endowment of $1.3 billion. So it's been a long national search to replace outgoing President CEO Neil Steinberg. The Rhode Island Foundation is the largest philanthropic organization, and they are involved with everything. So it really puts him as the power player in the state. And again, um, the Boston Globe, they are leading it. Now, I, I I disagree with Ed Fitzpatrick of the Boston Globe cobbled together a column where he writes who he thinks would, in fact, uh, maybe go for this congressional seat. He says Peter Narona, the attorney general, he's term limited out. He lives in Jamestown, which is in the district. I, I think that's an interesting one. I, I would be surprised at that, but... Maybe a chance to do something different. I don't see Peter Narona, Attorney General Narona, deciding he's going to be a freshman congressman. I don't think so, but he has him listed. He has Greg Amori listed, who just won as Secretary of State. Well, he knows how to run. He has got a free shot. If you hold office, Greg Amori is going to be in office for four years. You get a free shot because it sounds like the election is going to be this summer. The election, excuse me, will be in September, so you just have to campaign. Lives in the 1st Congressional District, lives in East Providence, just became Secretary of State, why he wouldn't run. James Diosa just became the Treasurer. Now, again, he lives in Pawtucket, which is CD1. I think Helena Folks, Helena Bonanno Folks, that's an interesting one. She, they have deep roots, deep roots in the east side of Providence. So I wouldn't take her name out of the mix. Uh, Jessica De La Cruz, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. Now, she withdrew running for CD2 against Alan Fung. Now, she gets a free shot and, by all accounts, could be the Republican representative. So, so then you have to have when would be the primary and then when, when would be the election. But the primary, I'm sure they're already considering of of who would would um would decide it they also have nelly gorbea who just lost in her bid for governor i i don't know about that she lives in nk aaron ruggenberg is um i'm reading why he wouldn't run he's now a climate act 
advocate on a one-year hiatus in a federal judicial clerkship. That's interesting. He lives in Providence. He lives in um, CD1. He had second thoughts about McKee becoming governor. He appeared to be gearing up for another run for lieutenant governor, but then did not. And then some of the other people they mentioned, um, I could have told you. Joe Palino and Angel Tavares, they're not running. They have no interest. Jorge Alors is an interesting one. The former mayor just left. He has, I believe he has $1 million in his campaign account. So he's sitting on $1 million in campaign funds. He'd have to convert that, but it's easy to do. You just switch out checks. He's going to return to teacher Roger Williams. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Um, keep an eye on that. Now, as far as the mayor Winsocket, Mayor Baldelli Hunt. Well, she does enjoy being the Winsocket mayor. She, I think if she decided, and it's also, like I said, it's kind of a free shot. You don't have to give up doing what you're doing. Because I think that's a big appeal of an especial, a special election like this. I think where this um, really plays is just that, that then you don't, like I said, it's many times someone has to decide, are you going to seek re-election for your seat or are you going to go for this new seat? But the seven-term congressman is going to be president and CEO of the Rhode Island Foundation, Congressman David Cicilline elected to his seventh term, is stepping down at the end of May to run the state's largest philanthropic organization. Uh, again, the, the globe broke the news, and now it's just a matter of they're trying to figure out all the details. This was a pretty good secret kept under wraps. I'm sure Gina Raimondo, Congress, uh, excuse me, I think Commerce Secretary Raimondo knew about this, which is why she went on record with Ted Nisi to say she has no interest in running for Congress. That's what I believe. Um, let's see. And then there's some other names that they're tossing around. Um, some people that their names just get thrown about. Let's see. The Secretary of State spokesperson said the Rhode Island Department will start the process once requested by the governor. So... That is the big news of the day. Let's see. Okay, Dawn Ewer, who is the Senate Judiciary Chair, she's interested in running. She lives in Newport. There's a number of people that aren't saying anything just yet. Uh, this will certainly keep, keep Ted Nisi from WPRI very busy all day. This also, folks, this is, hey, it's a special election with real consequences, a seat in Congress. Channel 12, and a bombshell announcement will shake up Rhode Island politics. David Cicilline is becoming the next president CEO of the Rhode Island Foundation. He will step down effective June 1st. Staff will continue to operate district offices until a new representative is chosen a special election. The rear open seat likely to draw a host of candidates in that. Coming in the wake of Langevin leaving, Cicilline means Rhode Island will be replaced by two of the most junior members of the House. That's good. Um, I, I don't know enough. I mean, it's very Democrat, but maybe. The thing about Jessica De La Cruz is she doesn't have to leave what she's already doing now. She could still stay in the state Senate 
and then go for this special election. So I think that's uh, an interesting dynamic to it. And then you're going to be hearing different names tossed out. So uh, Congressman Cicilline, again, the guy does not lose. Some of the names being tossed around, Attorney General Pino Nerona, I think that's an interesting one. Helena Bonanno Folks. Let's see. Catherine Kazarian. I don't think so. It's going to come down to money. I know the mayor of Central Falls is already throwing her name out there. And, you know, at this point, no one, no one, there's no harm in that. You don't lose anything by, by doing that or saying that you, it's a seat that you're looking at. But Cicilline leaving, I, again, I had heard, you could kind of tell, I had been telling people this would be his last term in office. It's one thing when you're there, when you're the majority party, but it's, he has no interest in just being a backbencher with the Republicans in charge. So then it was just a matter of where was he going to go? There was a lot of talk he was going to take a job with big tech, but instead, um, this, he opened, he just opened his own bar in Providence. I think it's a cafe, but I thought it's a bar right in downtown on Washington Street. And he just opened that back in the fall. And this, number one, the pay is fantastic. $650,000 a year. He gets to travel, I'm sure, as much as he likes. He gets to, you know, you're not killing yourselves. Plenty of vacation, nights off, weekends off. He'll attend. He also has people coming in front of him, asking him for help and for money instead of what, what's also interesting about this, as I think of it, is this puts him in a very good situation where down the line, he could be asking some of those people for money. Something that is sitting out there is the matter of how many more terms in office is Senator Reid going to have? That's that's still the crown jewel for what many of them would want is that Reed Senate seat. That's why I don't think Peter Narona is going to go for this. I don't think so. I see Peter Narona, if he's going to make a, a run for another office, I think it would be that of for Senator Reed's seat, which I believe is up. The Reed seat is up in 2026. And maybe Senator Reed has already told. Um, Commerce Secretary Raimondo in Cicilline that he's planning on not running for re-election. We don't know. Senator Reid could run for re-election. He could do another term if he wanted to. So, but you just wonder if, if you're Cicilline, you start getting your ducks in a row, move back, take a break from D.C., uh, certainly make some money, make a lot of money. Who knows? He just wrote a book. And then he could be involved with different organizations, sit on different boards, and then essentially really start to work to lock up a potential Senate run in 2026 and then be well positioned to do it with both money, positioning, getting people on board. In some ways, that's actually the way I view this, although we're, you know, it's today's it's it's February 21st. In many ways, this is. Congressman Cicilline is starting to line up his Senate run for that Senate seat in 2026. All right, that's big news. We are going to talk to Donna Perry with some other items in the news and then the presence overseas. Folks, much more ahead right here on The John DePietro Show.